0: World building an entire world is huge amount of work when it comes to role-playing games. Yeah. What if, with just a click of a button, you could have world maps, regions, cities, towns, and so much more already plotted out in just seconds? Well, did you know with Asgard's fantasy map generator, you can do just that? I and did, because I got the dumps ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian.
1: I'm your co-host, Brandon.
0: We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. And today, we're going to be talking about Asgar's Fantasy Map Generator. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's a generator, blah, blah, blah. Holy crap. One of the single most amount of uh, time invested in a game is usually building and fleshing out the world around you, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, what if you had a tool that kind of automated the process, but still gave you the versatility of changing it to the way you want it? Yep. So it gives you the framework and gives you great detail, but you can replace that detail pretty easily, right? Yep.
1: So that's the biggest turnoff I've had with a lot of uh, world generators I've seen so far. Yes. Is that you can't change the way it looks or anything.
0: Yes. And, I mean, besides refreshing and changing it out right away. <laughs> uh, the, and I think Asgard's really. J- does away with that, right? Yep. Um in a multitude of different ways that just kind of blew my mind. So, there are thousands of map generators that I've played with in the world and Brandon nailed it on the head. So, um I want to talk a little bit about what Asgard does and why I think it's the best tool for dungeon masters regardless of what RPG you're playing. For me, fantasy makes the most sense, but it's not limited to that, right? Nope. And I think that that is fantastic. So, what does it do?
1: It generates maps.
2: Well, that's one thing. To be fair, <laughs> to be specific, it generates like maps for like the world map, not necessarily maps of individual cities or maps of dungeons, but like a map of the overall.
1: Does it location? Add it does. Cities
0: do maps for the cities
2: too. Oh, I'm wrong. See, I told
0: you that was one that I stumbled across <laughs> after it, the fact.
1: Does it like add cities trade it, routes? It and does. Spots?
0: So let's get into it. <laughs> um, well, of course, because it's automatically generating the world map there is a lot that gets created. Immediately, the map created is an overview of a given grid, as Ian had pointed out, which I think is good. Um, And you can see major kingdoms and their borders, which is awesome already, because it's not just a map with a topography, which it also has, including elevation details down to rising sea levels and stuff, which is really, really cool. (laughs) Um, I do like the art style. Immediately comes off as watercolor, which I think is pretty cool. Um, the other thing that I really think is, uh, very interesting is that now that you've got this really beautiful art style, it makes it great already present, uh, presentable map to your players. So you can print this off and plop it up and it looks gorgeous right out the gate. Right. Yep. Um, which is, I think is a big one. Um, now it also adjusts the colors of the different like kingdom areas mm-hmm. right out the gate. So you can tell just at a glance where the kingdom lines are and the borders
1: are, yeah, the, without
2: actually seeing lines kind of like
1: territories.
2: Yes, yeah. it's very cool. You can even choose, choose like the map format too, like yeah. old timey maps, mountain road atlas, and so on and so forth. Yeah, which I
0: think is really really cool.
1: You know the map I showed you last night during the game, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Yes, but they
1: don't. No, uh, they they don't. But you remember how intricate, how colorful it was, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's four different maps ver- versions of that map. Okay. It took me like a month and a half to get those. I made, can, I, say, <laughs> <laughs> I made one better in a Damn second. I say, how fast will I generate it? I
0: made one better in a second. Damn it. Now, that's not to say that adding your own flair and taste isn't um, uh, 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 isn't totally not there. You do have some creative freedoms, but um, the things that I want to talk about is taking away the massive
2: uh, workload and using it as a template, right? Okay. And Michael asks, is it possible to use an existing map idea from a PIC pure file? Mm. Um.
0: I think so, but I cannot confirm because I'm still learning this program. And I at least have not seen a feature like that, but that... I haven't seen it, but there is a Patreon that this creator has, and they welcome suggestions, which is why it's gotten as complex as it is. It's feedback from the people that support it, which is also why I think it's one of the best, because you're adding features that Mm -hmm. people want, right? Yep. Now... As if it wasn't creating it enough was already cool. It automatically names everything. Yep, and it can change those names too. Yes, and what's cool is there's like a drop down menu to set the theme. So you have like German or Icelandic or you know uh, uh, French, and you can pick those themes to cover your entire world, yep. right? Yep. But what I think makes it really cool is there's a naming, basically a naming box, and you can type in the your own custom naming conventions and it'll kind of mix and match them I think which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. If I'm understanding that, which is nice.
1: What the hell? What? This map is super detailed. Yeah,
0: it's probably cuz yeah, it's 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 insane. Yeah. Um and so now that you've got the kind of naming conventions, um I really think that that is not even the coolest thing that it does. But you can easily rename them. Yep. So you can get or even change them up from what they exist as.
2: And I do think it's worth mentioning, too, that if you, you can go to the web link, you can generate a map there. We mm-hmm. you can import the map. You can also download the map generator itself onto your computer because it's all on GitHub.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. I almost forgot about that. You There's a little link in the corner to install it.
2: Yeah. Oh, it does 3D vision, too. <laughs>
0: it's 3D maps. Yeah, Look at that. It does that, too. It looks really cool. It also does a globe. Globe? But we really want to get to the, 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 the first feature that really um, set it apart. Um, and that was me, is when you click on the button for biomes, it automatically maps the world's biomes for you. <laughs> Handy. So it tells you where it's cold, what the temperature is, is it temperate, Is it uh, what is the precipitation, uh, the humidity levels. All that stuff is automatically generated, which I think is amazing. The fact that you get the split in the biomes – is really, really cool, right? Yep. Um, it, each one is color-coded, so as you're looking at it, you get ease of reference, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's important whether you're looking for swamps because you decide that you want your adventure to take place in a swamp. You don't have to figure out where you got to go. You just select the biome and say, oh, here's all the swamps, and it's always
2: consistent, Yep. which is really cool. Now, the nice thing about this world is, I know a lot of people suggest when you start D&E games to start small build your way out. Mm-hmm. And you can start small in one location on the map and branch out to the map, and you know, already know it's there. Oh. <laughs> to a point. Yes,
0: I like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that alone is already a feature that I hadn't seen mm-hmm. in any other map generator. Um, And hopefully, uh, you, you, if you guys are playing around this, if you find something, please let us know and, and share with what you think it is. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is um, it delves into the um, – the, the sheer variety that you can do is just amazing. But uh, not only the biomes, but you can go beyond that into things such as population distribution. It tells you where it's most likely to have the highest population distribution, and it lines up with what you'd expect. Yep. Super cold places have a smaller population. <laughs> Super- <laughs> Huh? yeah right <laughs> and uh in uh, very hot places have a smaller population and it distributes it worldwide so you kind of get a well it expands even beyond that into more than just the the population but you can even do which cultures live there which creatures races however you want to you know and it even can shift them if this you can say this is entirely elven or maybe it's two percent humans or in 98 elven or whatever or one percent other there's a lot of um variation there yep uh-uh.
2: um what was something that stood out to you when you were playing with it just uh, how close they could zoom in I seeing how wide it is when you start out
0: oh yeah so you yep. actually make a really good point there so when you're using the program you can zoom in and as you zoom in it generates new more detail more details, so not only do you get city names, you also get features such as um uh kingdom uh routes and and travel routes and caravan like like stuff and rivers and and all these different things that are just generated as you're going through it, which I think is really cool mm-hmm. um, but it gets even uh, more detailed than that one thing that d and d and all fantasy games typically have is some sort of religious. Right, A religious sect, sect, right? Yep. Well, it does that for you, too. Not only does it generate religions, it tells you the distribution of where they're mostly focused, what their capital, what is their prime deity. um, And it breaks it down um, uh, into a nice little chart um, in different color schemes. And it goes even farther than that by giving them diplomatic relations between the cities they're in. So you might have one kingdom that's a theocracy but might not be friendly to this other one, you know, that's militaristic. And it creates these um, diplomacy charts Mm -hmm. that tells you who they're allied with, who they hate, who they're neutral with, and kind of somewhere in between, which I thought was really, really cool.
1: Yeah. That's a lot of detail. Yeah. Especially for how fast it it comes up. It
0: generates very quickly. Yep. that means the amount of uh, – and it's all customizable, which I think is really great.
1: And kind of uh, going
2: on the uh, political infection faction stuff too, it definitely really goes into some detail, including like the uh, military might, what kind of forces they have. So it's like infantry, cavalry, naval fleets.
0: Oh, yeah. It breaks down the actual population of the militaries.
2: And can even have a ring there for war readiness. Which is just –
0: amazing the different war readiness is is something like defcon 3 or something like that which i thought uh was a, a bit of a, a a cool feature
2: right Right, now i need to put the game defcon all over again so
1: i i this this thought right
2: okay let's hear it
1: you know how you zoom in really close and you start to see all the cities right mm-hmm. what if the city is the world that you've started on could this be used for like a spell yes. jammer map? Yeah. Yes. And every city's a new planet?
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh. <laughs> um so the other thing that I want to notice as you zoom into cities, the cities are are broken down into points of interest, strengths, special features, people of import. Um was built on rock and roll. <laughs> sure. Um and so for me that that's really cool because you don't have to generate special points of interest you can just dictate to your players here's the things that you can expect in every major city right but when you go to those cities this generates the very like the world's greatest smith or something like that yep which i thought was really cool
2: and you can change the features too as mm-hmm. desired so <laughs> which
0: once again is that more customized customizable thing and each uh each iteration of the location displays and breaks down the the culture that's there yep is it a uh, is it a like a a uh a, 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 theocracy well we talked about theocracy already but is it a you know a feudal system or is it a democracy is it a uh, uh an authoritarian uh, authoritarian you know regime uh all that stuff gets broken down and when you generate it it also generates a map Yep, of the city, and you don't like the map. There's a little button you can just click it, and it'll give you a new one, which I think is really, really cool.
2: Does it supply chain of command? And do maps change based on the adventures? You can edit the maps you as, can you desire. It as you
0: want. So I yeah. would say that that is a true statement. It looks it like
1: they're
2: uh... do it
0: automatically, as far as I can tell. Yeah. but it, every time I play with it, I realize it does more than I thought it did, and it's ever growing. Yep. Um, the other thing that I want to uh, uh, touch on that I think is really cool about this, as each system automatically generates a banner or an emblem for the military, for the 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 religions, for the yeah. cultures, which I just <laughs> think is amazing. So on the fly you can show the players the emblem of the you know, the red cloaks or something like that, you know. Here's what it looks like. And then you print it off and that's what that's what it is. Or you can go in and edit it on the fly, just like you can other um you know uh uh uh, stuff but instead of editing text you can edit the the emblem which i think is really cool
1: also i've noticed is uh the little city maps are based on seeds Mm -hmm. and the seed digits are 13 digits long so that's a lot of cities
0: yeah (laughs) oh yeah which i once again is 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 a pretty neat and cool feature um and you can you can adjust the different like uh, features that are there if you want a river to be wider you want it to split off you want to make this elevation of this area higher in the mountains you can poof there's a mountain which i think is once again it's just a phenomenal a overall uh resource i think which um i mean you're talking i just the amount of data that you get is just mind-blowing and the fact that it's generated in an instant and you can edit it, it really just sets it a, a, a cut above the rest. Um, so I as we're, we're going through this, Brandon seeing it really for the first time, aside <laughs> from the snippets I took for the show, what's going through your mind as somebody that just looked at this. And if you're in chat and looking at this for the first time, tell us something that's really blown your mind and, and something you like about it right out the get-go.
1: And we had the, sh- the link shared earlier, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most outstanding things... Or things, things stand out the most in the program so far that I've always had an issue with is city maps.
0: Okay.
1: You zoom in and you click on a city, and every city it's different. They don't even look the same. Like uh, like how you see generic cities in old RPGs, and then you go to the next one. It's like, oh, this one's just uh, this one's blue. While well, that one back there like, was red. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. <laughs> They're all different.
0: <laughs> That's funny.
2: Yeah, I was just generally really the map they had the huge polar ice cap apparently. <laughs>
0: Mm, that's cool and what's interesting is it doesn't have to be you don't have to use it to create your own world you can use it as a jumping off point every time you play maybe you use it to create the first city that the characters or village or town that the characters (laughs) start in
1: (laughs) print it out throw a dart at it that's where you guys are
0: (laughs) (laughs) um it could be as simple as that now as you do that you're gonna have to customize whatever's in the new world to fit that but the fact that you can save each one of these worlds um, is is a powerful creative tool, especially with the naming conventions. I know they're constantly adding new ones, even yep. the fantasy ones like Dwarvish and Elvish, which I think is really cool. Um, the one thing that I think I would have liked to see work a little better, because I can't say that it doesn't have some flaws. I mean, it's got some amazing work into it, but there's a a button, and it might be new, so it might be under development, but there's a button to turn it into a globe. But when you click it, all it does is stretch the map over the globe, yeah,
1: and it doesn't that. even go all the way. Uh, on mine, it just, you saw a globe, and then there's just this square image yeah, right Yeah, but in the I, and
0: once again, I think that might be something new that's under development, maybe.
2: Yeah, but. and I just, like I said, within like a few seconds, I just started a new map, and I zoomed it on a city. And I click on the city, and the city has its own logo, a general layout for the city itself, the name, the population number, the temperature, how high it is above sea level. Those are amazing pieces of detail yep. and the level and the logo the shield if you will is like uh a, a blue shield with three loops. so
0: that's cool because you can take inspiration from that
1: yeah well what i think it's funny is uh the, the two cities i was looking at i was showing you uh the larger city is an orc city and the smaller one is a dwarven city and they're like right next to each other
0: <laughs> that seems like uh uh Strange, but hey, what's even weirder? I guess Thomas Kelly's got a really good yep. uh, statement here. Yeah, the, can you print the maps? Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and shoot, to say it told me what kind of culture it is, which had a drop-down menu. You can edit those cultures individually too. So yeah. Yes, and so this is why I, in my opinion, I consider the
0: Asgar's Fantasy Map Generator the best world-building tool for dungeon masters.
1: I think it's safe to assume this is more optimized for your PC than it is your phone.
0: Probably. Well, yeah, that's usually how it goes. I'm, imagine like, you're I'm trying not... to generate all kinds of random content. The reason I think this is great is because the less time you're spending on fleshing out the overarching world stuff, the more you can focus on the individual players and the story you're trying to tell at that moment. And when you need something that comes up, hey, I need two warring factions. Oh, this already generated it for me. It's these two people. I don't really like this name. Eh, Random, random. eh. Oh, I kind of like that one. Actually, I like this one combined with the other one and just change them yourself. Yep. And you can have that in seconds. And because it's all saved, there's no accidental missing of uh, consistency, right? Because it's not going to change unless you change it, which yeah. I think is good. We want to take a moment to welcome the Majestic Goose Network. Huh. Thank, you guys <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for stopping by um, as we discuss the our Asgard, Asgard, Asgard's fantasy map generator, the best world building tool for Dungeon Master. Anyways, made by Thor.
2: Um,
0: so, overall, there is very few <laughs> map generators out there that are really this detailed. In fact, I couldn't yeah. find any now don't get me wrong that means that i'm not saying that there aren't maps that you can't get to do this stuff but you usually have to do all the
2: work yourself yeah
0: Uh, incarnate's a good example
2: and i've definitely seen quite a few good map generators over the years but this one is definitely one of the better ones i've seen
0: yeah and i don't i can't think Mm. of any that come up with all the details specifically right like i can find dozens that make better looking maps perhaps Right. But not going to tell me the population density, the temperature, the sea level and uh, give me a shield and details on the culture and political and di- diplomatic relations. Yep. That's just it's yeah, it's un, it's un, an amazing detail. So, overall what is your guys's uh um rating on this on a scale of A through E?
2: I definitely give it like a Solid. A, A-. Okay. I'd give it an A.
0: you give it an A? I give it an A+, because I couldn't find anything better.
2: Says the guy yesterday who said A-pluses aren't a
0: thing. Hey, you <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's funny.
0: <laughs> um, ooh, Silverwolf asks uh, a really great question. What about resources? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see anything about that. But once again, they have a Patreon, and I think they take recommendations. Yep. So that would be a really cool one. Like, this city specializes in... Actually, I think there is something that talks about what they specialize in, right. but I don't know if it goes into quite the detail uh, uh, Silverwolf's yeah. asking about.
2: It also could be there; you just haven't found it yet.
0: That's also true. That's why I said every time There's I go into it, yeah. I find new stuff. There's so many options.
1: I bet it's, it's probably it's something it's like uh, you click a button and regions start highlighting, saying, yeah. "Oh, this place is rich in iron. This yeah. is rich in copper, or whatever."
2: And as far as we can tell, Michael, how much of the generation is editable? But like boundaries are. Did you count books? Pretty much all of them. As far as, can <laughs> as, far as I can Ed- tell. Yeah.
1: Editable. I said edible. It's like, oh, you can try and eat your PC. <laughs> that <not really> <laughs> tastes very good. Oh my God. But uh, we're
0: still learning it. It's just one that uh, had popped up yep. and I wanted to talk about because I thought it was such a powerful tool. And it's free. You but, can't argue with free. Yeah. And and downloadable. Yes. And if you do like it and you do have a few bucks, please be, join the, uh, send a few bucks to the creator. Um, their links on their site and everything I'm going to be about us and and
2: Patreon create especially those that create quality product like this definitely appreciate it
0: yeah because then that's how you lose it if you
1: don't use it so it'll be great just if uh, this is super, super successful it comes out and says yeah this is just a college project I wanted to do <laughs> it out there that's how Mortal Kombat started what? no way the first Mortal Kombat was a uh, college project
2: that's insane I didn't know that it
1: had two artists a programmer and a sound guy Get. Yeah.
2: Get over here. Also fun fact, they always generate the uh, fatalities by with stick figure drawings.
0: That's hilarious.
2: I know. So, I <laughs> All sure right. that was done. so
0: now that we're done fanboying over Mortal Kombat, um is there anything else you guys would like to uh talk about as far as um Asgar's um fantasy map generator? Nope.
1: Well if they add like uh uh, kind of an Age of Empires thought, like, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is, is this civilization, like, are they behind in technology? Like, these, mm-hmm. these people are ahead in technology. You these know, people have guns. Have they developed those yet?
2: You know, in hindsight, I can actually wish we did this episode... Each of us at home because then each of us could share our screens for what we just <laughs> what we were
0: discovering, yeah. That's why I was asking the audience to join in and see what they yeah. find that's interesting <laughs> because, like I said, I just learning, learning the stuff and it just I was so blown away I had to write an article and cover it on the show.
1: So <laughs> I clicked the button and got hit by an asteroid
0: <laughs> <laughs> for me. Uh, I really recommend this as, at least in my opinion, the best world building tool for any dungeon master game master, and it's an absolutely must have in your toolkit. So, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, as Michael said look it looks like that only generates like one or two a world map. But I don't know about you though. In most campaigns, that's usually. That all
0: seems you're... pretty big. I think I had one that did generate three, but yeah. uh, you're right. I mean, it still only does a few one or two, maybe three content contents. But it's still uh, a lot. Of but when go you away. start to zoom in, zoom in, you still have.
1: So there's got to be a, a pre pre selector. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's and there's a lot of filters you can turn on so you don't get stuff. Like if you want a yeah. map that doesn't have any uh, ice caps, you can disable that stuff. I think so.
2: Yeah, because the one I just generated had the crap. Out of them. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I think that'll do it for our main topic today, Asgar's fantasy map generator. Please check it out. Let us know what you think, um, and uh, share your thoughts with us. And if you find a really cool feature buried in all that complexity please let us know <laughs> I, got, I got three um you did get three yes yeah. yeah, i said i know i at least got three once. but yeah all right so before we move on to our own tips and tricks i want to take a te- second to talk about fantasy feasting uh a really cool uh i think they call it a sauce book it is a recipe and D fifth edition source book they give you 30 unique recipes um, to deliver to the to the delicious taste buds to your table during D&D or just at home by yourself. On top of giving you class options, um, magic items, feats, all that sort of stuff that goes with the fifth edition um, game, and they really did a wonderful job, kind of tying all the flavor together. <laughs> But it's, anyways, um, it is worth noting that it is created by Ashley May and Isaac May, and they are two best-selling authors on the DMs Guild and DriveThru. Um, I've had the privilege of working on projects with Ashley, and she does amazing content. We've covered several of the books she's written for. I cannot recommend this enough. They're Make sure best, you check it out, especially if you like to cook.
1: They're best-selling authors, yes? Yes. yes. Are they best-selling chefs?
0: They did actually have a team of uh, cooks and professional chefs that's working awesome. on the project, which I thought was really neat. And I like
1: what uh, Jason Hoover says about these maps, is that the fact that they have seeds means you can share them. Yes. I didn't even think about that until I said that. Was, yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. That's right.
0: Yeah. That's a huge bonus. Uh, thanks for interrupting the promo there, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We did the yeah. promo.
1: It's a, go get this fantastic cookbook. Uh,
0: Fantasy Feasting is live on Kickstarter as of this live episode. Um, so please uh, back it if you believe in it and you want something to add. I personally have the other D&D cookbook, and uh, with Beast. the exception of the leaks, I was very impressed with it. Yep. <laughs> I don't recommend leaks to anybody.
2: Yep. <laughs> it's trash. I actually have the Dungeon Meisters Masters Guide. So. Oh,
0: nice.
1: <laughs> Dungeon so, Meister.
0: So I recommend checking it out <laughs> if you're into that sort of stuff and you want to really spice up your D&D game in a new way. Um head on over to rebrand.ly slash fantasy feasting and back it today.
1: I'm gonna do that. I, I like the uh the the fantasy cookbook ideas. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. And I, it also introduced more than just fast food to your <laughs> diet.
1: Except for uh hero yep,
2: we had a lot of that this weekend. <laughs> wait
0: a second, wait a second.
2: <laughs>
1: we had a lot of food.
2: What does a gelatinous cube taste like? Don't say yellow. It tastes like acid.
1: Tastes like acid. <laughs> It tastes like a battery.
2: Yeah, I would imagine
0: vinegar gone bad. If a wizard with a slow uh, time stop spell cooks food, is it fast food? Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, on to our Unearthed Tips and Tricks.
1: And now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks
2: segment. Where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs.
0: All right. I am really excited to talk about our monster variant. Now, if you don't know, all of our monsters are fully fleshed out, beautiful artwork, backstories, and different variety ways you can use them, uh, which is available for our patrons. If you want to just pick up the the details um, because it's hard to remember – what we're talking about here, you can go to our blog at critacademy.com slash post and find this episode's blog.
1: Or if you want like alpha monsters, you can pick up our book, Memorable Monsters.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a really good one too, <laughs> which is very fleshed out. <laughs> a lot of our uh, our our monsters are fleshed out like that. But
1: anyways, Big so we're
0: going to talk about the Savannah Huntress. Um, in Ooh, order
1: to, yeah. That sounds badass.
0: fun. Um, so to build this... Um, awesome warrior you're going to start with the stat block of the green hag yes i know how are you going to make a warrior out of a, a witch He's turns like... out <laughs> the green hag is just broken in a, a variety of different ways um so uh we're going to give it we're going to lose most of its basic spells and its horrifying visage i think was the other power we're going to give it uh a couple new features including a new spell list uh it's going to use the <laughs> i just found an error in my own thing
2: yep uh, Specifically, we'll use mimicry, Claws, Illusionary Appearance, Invisible, and Passage becomes Hunt of the Jaguar. Okay. and Awesome. Perfect.
0: Uh, And we're going to give it a new feature called uh, Searing Sun. The Huntress targets one creature it can see within 120 feet. Um, The target must succeed on a Constitution DC 12 saving throw uh, or take 1d8 plus 3 uh, radiant damage and be stunned. Until the start of the huntress's next turn. It's a flashbang. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very much uh, does that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um so we're gonna the innate innate spellcasting is going to be charisma. Uh, we're gonna give her at will powers. And I love this. Yep. Absorb elements. Oof. making her melee attacks that much more brutal should you be into the 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 trying to blow her up with magic uh we're going to give her earth tremor because we're sticking to that desert that savanna theme yeah. and we're going to give her hellish rebuke those are all at will
2: so be she basically has two options for reactions and both of them are freaking amazing Got yes you. and then <laughs> once a day each she can do Earth
0: Bind. so all you little flying or, yeah, Earth Bind
1: it? keeps her from flying
0: it drags him to the ground.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: And then erupting earth, which fits the desert theme as well. And I'm guessing Hell's Rebuke is locked in at its lowest level. At its lowest level, yes. Yeah. So it's only levels uh level one, so it's not super powerful, but it's a punishing uh punishment, right? Yep. Now and absorb of elements helps them
2: make a good tank in some cases.
0: Yep. And really uh 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 reduces increases their survivability a little bit and the bonus action she gets is a pounce of the jaguar, which the huntress teleports up to 60 feet to an unoccupied. Oh, my God. I gave a creature teleport at will. <gasps> you did. You all are dead. Which which makes it that much easier for them to be an ongoing villain. It's really yes. A, it's
1: not really a pounce, though.
0: You know what? Nobody asked you. If you've seen the beautiful artwork, you would know why I called it that. She takes on the essence of the savannah, and one of those is a jaguar.
1: jaguar. You, know what, you know what's funny? At the end of not every, at the end of every creature you create and you talk about it, you always look at us and say, "So what do you guys think?" I think it shouldn't be called Pounce for the Jaguar because it's not a pounce.
0: Well, so you when did I ask you what you think, I don't <laughs> actually want an answer. Okay, what would you? Okay, okay. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you that. What would you call it then? Because behind her in the image is like a panther or a jaguar, like an after image in the art piece. Dust so that's in the what wind. Came to,
1: oh, son of a bitch. dust in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh and something more along lines of stalking. Stalking Jaguar. Stalking Jaguar. Jaguar. Jaguar stalking. Okay, you know what? Because a pounce is an attack. Stalking is you
0: well if you teleport out of nowhere and stab somebody, that's an attack.
1: True. <laughs> but okay, yeah. Yeah. No Jaguars lunge.
0: Not bad, my uh Michael. Um shots fired, man. <laughs> Alright, overall, this is a pretty fun one. It is kind of strong. Um, it definitely is at the top tier of its CR. Um, but as Ian pointed out, the teleport means they can get away. It's very much like uh, the what is the, the the stupid power all the 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 shinigami have from Bleach. Oh, the uh, flash step. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. But I think that that makes for a very dynamic battle when they can just dart around, and the players have to close the gap. Hey, why are we there? Because he who lives and runs away lives to run away another day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that'll do it for our. I've Never heard that before. <laughs> I think that'll do it for our in uh, monster. monster. Uh, Brandon, would you like to tell us about our encounter?
1: Our encounter for this podcast day is on the run. That kind of fits the hunters, doesn't it? Nah, yeah. Well, see. well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, the characters locate a bounty board with a message from a local dwarven artificer named Prina.
0: Prina. Fine. Prina. Prina.
1: Prina. I'm going to say that. I'm not going to pronounce that last name. <laughs> She is seeking the aid of any adventurers who are willing to help aid her in searching her warehouses for an experimental item that she has misplaced. Wow, that (laughs) sounds suspicious. (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. (laughs) She offers a reward of one item in her warehouse as compensation. Ooh, you're welcome. This seems a fair offer to most. Uh, If the characters ask around in detail about why such a compensation this seems a, uh, why such a simple task has been up for weeks a successful <laughs> D- I my uh, a successful dc fifteen intelligence investigation uh, reveals that Prina's devices are more of a danger than they are useful none, <laughs> none who know Goblet her
0: technology I suppose
1: <laughs> none who know her are interested in searching uh, through her warehouse full of potential explosive items <laughs> is it in here Nope. That's just my
0: watch cuz your watch also um uh um is big cuz that clock is ticking really loudly. Tick,
1: I felt tick, the tick, ticking tick, sound tick, is tick. it's a pipe bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh the truth is the item she is looking for is a newly created construct, construct mimic. Oh yeah. Construct mimic?
2: Yep. Oh yeah. An artificial mimic. Oh yeah.
1: She is seeking to make it's the ultimate device. Oh my god. <laughs> One that can change into any tool she needs. The problem is that she gave it a bit too much sentience. The creature is now hiding inside and is constantly changing form. What the... (laughs) Making it extremely difficult, not to mention dangerous, to poke around looking for it. Should the characters succeed, they are allowed one item from her collection. The item should be wishlist items appropriate to the difficulty of the challenge at the DM's discretion. That's... Okay, Why? we're going to her workshop. Why would you do I that? On a small
2: gas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Ooh, if some
2: of her devices in her warehouse are highly explosive, they must say casters really need to be careful about what kind of spells they
0: use. Well, and that was that was one of the things I wanted to discuss because it's they're so volatile. What is the side effect of randomly chasing this thing and knocking stuff over? Is everything going to explode? Is it going to go in a puff of smoke and now your barbarian is a chicken? You know what I mean? Like the thing, the shenanigans you can do with this is so, like, it's limited by your imagination. You can play with every sort of spell. Oh, somebody uh, is chasing after this thing. It hops into a thing. Uh, uh, it hops through a door. And then when you open the door, you fall off a cliff. Because every time the door opens, it yeah. leads to a new plane of existence or something. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Hey, does this is push this like ether? <laughs> <laughs> what what do, you know what, what do do I be Even better for this is if. Uh, they're searching, and they do find it, and it gives that potential to run. The moment it turns that corner, you go... And now it's completely something different. <laughs> I love it. So they turn the corner, and it's like... ah. Oh. Now they gotta search through everything again. I was totally
0: inspired by Transformers, obviously. Um, but I think that this is a fun one, and it's not necessarily combat-based, right? Nope. You're just supposed to capture this thing. That makes I mean, maybe wild. you can kill it, right? But the goal is to... Uh, <laughs> the goal is to have a interesting encounter that's not just about fighting and slaying something all
1: right so fighting no all
0: right that'll do it for our encounter on the run good luck and have fun <laughs> all right michael said good michael says i would say a good way to assess potential dangers of the room would be that the dm would uh need to create a rough list of items in the room that's certainly a way to do it. I would just make it up as I went, honestly.
2: <laughs> or you can make sure, or you can tell all the players all the boxes are labeled Acme.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why are they all labeled the same? Well, our labeler got broken. It's the only thing it would kick
2: out.
1: That's <laughs> the reason why Prina's uh, front room has a coyote rug. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
2: go ahead. <laughs> all right, our magic item today is the Bloodshard Dagger by Glorak. Awesome. Oh yes, it gets better. This does come from D and D Beyond. And it is a, obviously a dagger, going by the name, it's very rare, and it requires attunement by a creature that is not of the good alignment. That right there kind of sets up some possibilities.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. That Um, includes neutral though, right?
2: Yes. The blades is a shard from a cruel material known as a bloodstone, a foul material found within the nine hells, and used in the most fiendish of rituals. Though the blade is but a small broken shard of the stone, it still contains dark energies. And, it, first off, it gets plus two attack and damage rolls. I'm down. Yep. And it also deals an extra 1d6 necrotic damage. Even better. But wait, there's way more. The power of the blood shard, whenever you make an attack or cast a spell that deals necrotic damage, and roll a 1 or a 2, you can reroll the, the die and it must use the new result. That sounds like a feat. Yep, and it also probably applies to the weapon itself, too, for that matter. For sure. And there's also the blood sacrifice. 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 When you hit with an attack using this weapon, you can choose, I stress choose, to activate its inner power for a price. When <laughs> you do, no you suffer 36 d necrotic damage. Oh. Ouch. And the weapon deals an extra 36 and damage to the target. I assume these are separate rolls? Yes. Okay. That's why I took it. And you gain temporary hit points equal to half the damage dealt to the target. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you complete a short or long rest. That's a gamble. <laughs> That's interesting
0: because most magic items don't trick, recover on a short or long rest.
2: Right. And on top of that, you could potentially actually hurt yourself than your target.
0: Oh, dude, could you imagine rolling the <laughs> three sixes on your enemy, and th- or on yourself, and three ones on your enemy? Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, oh, Bill, I'm hurt. That's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> now, the final way I can screw you over, the Curse of the Bloodshard. <sighs> While you, re- you remain attuned to this weapon, your maximum hit points are reduced by an equal amount to your level. That's bad. When you un team from the weapon, you suffer 2D necrotic damage. Now, we stress that this is, does not make it a cursed item. It just happens to have an effect that screws you over.
1: <laughs> That's the worst yeah. breakup ever.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, I do want to make that clear, since cursed <laughs> items have their own share of rules that this is not from. <laughs> yeah, I think it's,
0: it's called a curse, but it doesn't actually... Give the, the curse Give features. the curse uh, condition or feature or whatever, yeah.
2: Which I still think is BS that magic. Identify a magic item does not identify by curse. <laughs> yeah. Well, curse isn't magic.
0: So, what do you guys think about this? But,
2: but you can still identify what the item is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Though, Identify spell doesn't identify curses. Isn't that stupid? There's lots of weird things about this game. We love it, but there's
2: weird things. <laughs> like, like
0: nobody, one. you don't need uh, uh, an Identify spell to identify an item. You use a short rest. I think the one thing the Identify spell should do is be able to do that, and you can't identify that it's cursed normally. I that, That's the way I run it. That's the way it needs to run. That All right. What do you guys think?
1: Anyway. Uh, I like it. It's, it sounds fun. I would totally give one of my players this just so I could watch them hurt themselves. Yes. <laughs> you got to be careful. I mean, it's a powerful
0: item, but it can backfire really quickly. So you might also, might, for the marijuana, be careful
2: who you give it to. Yeah.
0: But that's that's the point, right? It, that's why it does have the uh, condition it can't be a non good person. Yeah. So only somebody bad deserves payback or, 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 or the caramel, right? Or the karma that goes with it. So. Carl. Carl. <laughs> All Carl? right. That'll do it for our magic item, the Bloodshard Dagger. Our dungeon master tip of the podcast is don't be afraid to have a throwaway adventure. Let's be honest. Having random fun side quests about unrelated. High jinks shouldn't hurt an overall campaign, and the dm but, but it can it it shouldn't it shouldn't shouldn't but doesn't mean it won't yeah, uh, and the dm shouldn't be afraid to derail the campaigns themselves, usually the players do it
2: right, but they'll like say they
0: usually do a pretty good job of that by themselves right. <laughs> um, get ludwig yeah. pot sniffer pot cobalt ventriloquist. Might well become a familiar face to the party. (laughs) (laughs) But it's very difficult at times uh, to advance a story in an organic way. And there's no shame in the DM derailing their own campaign simply to allow the players to have some fun while they buy themselves time to develop that necessary organic uh, adventure going forward. So... Yeah. Um this is a this is a a post that comes from uh Jacob Bork from uh cbr.com. And I really like this because and I think we've stressed this before. If you have a really intense campaign, sometimes you need you need to have that moment where it's just uh the the uh what is the witch light, you know, carnival or something, you know. Oh yeah. Um, You need a break from it. If you're always doing dungeon crawls, throw in a murder uh, uh, mystery. If you're always in murder mysteries, throw in uh, uh, a survival.
2: We have a murder mystery. Oh, click. Okay, I I cast speak with dead. Dang it.
0: (laughs) As you cast speak with dead, the skeleton raises, turns to you, and you inquire about its murder. I I don't don't
2: know. know. (laughs) He was wearing a mask, or he was stabbed in the back.
1: Uh, even then, when I ran that uh, game for Charles's birthday last year, they used that, and I I specifically made sure to look that up before they did. Um, whatever you're talking to cannot speak full sentences; they can only like say like small things, like knife. It's or like oh, it was guaranteed it was a knife. Or that, yeah.
2: Like that's like, so- and they don't have to be truthful.
0: that's true.
1: Maybe they want to –
0: Maybe they do? They don't. They don't have to be truthful. All right. But anyways, the the point (laughs) we're trying to get to is sometimes when you're running your campaigns, don't – and especially if you run out of an organic way to connect the plot to some other thing, being able to toss that kind of change into the game, maybe it's an opportunity to let somebody else run an adventure. Yep. While the DM takes a back seat and buys time to flesh something out.
1: Um you just gotta remember if you're having an issue and your campaign is super serious and you want to have a little calm down, always remember this 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 phrase is what's the opposite of tragedy? Comedy it's Comedy. If something gets too lighthearted, make it serious. Make it's it true. tragic. That that's why you always see the happy and sad um masks in theater. That's what uh that we all do. In fact in a uh, Curse of Strad, when you read like for First few senses, it says, "Do not let uh, jokes and laughter come into this campaign. This is supposed to be absolutely serious and terrifying. <laughs> and if you make it more lighthearted, then they're not going to take it seriously. Like, really, that's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> well, and I think that's what the Witchlight yeah. book did really well. Well,
2: that and don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me what to do.
0: Anyways, uh, overall, it's I'm it's a, it's a sound that. sound thing to consider when you're running your games. Yep." Yeah. Don't always be hung up on whatever theme you're running. Don't be afraid to derail it yourself. Uh, I, I am and <clears throat> want to still run a Magic School Bus themed adventure yep. um, with a <laughs> wizard. Um, Where are they and, going? It, 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 no, it's it, it's a, a, a stoner wizard, named Mr. Drizzle. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> drizzle. Yeah, drizzle well, we'll, we'll, it. well, <laughs> we'll no the event what i want to do is like in uh what they do is they, <laughs> they fly into a dragon and learn all about its anatomy from the inside of an ancient dragon oh that kind drizzle of for drizzle <laughs> yeah oh, mr drizzle
1: and when you leave the dragon's dead because you jacked up all of its insides by in accident
0: <laughs> it comes out you little bastards <laughs>
1: Yeah, you start off as like
2: a magic school bus and you become Rick and Morty. Got it. <laughs>
0: yep, that's kind
2: of the the, <laughs> oh the direction
0: we were going, so anyways, uh definitely would you guys would you guys be interested in an adventure based on the magic school bus? Well, it would w- need to be the magic school broom or the magic academy broom or something like that. They all ride they all ride on one giant piece of wood. Everyone's got big wood in between their legs.
1: <laughs> I what? think I think it would bite over really well. There's uh, a lot of people who still love that show
0: for shame all right but i think it would be a great (laughs) way to explore like the things you don't see like anatomy we're shameless by the way dragon so just a thought i think that'll do it for our dungeon master tip um we really got on a we really derailed if that's the point right (laughs) that's the point sometimes you have to (laughs) (laughs) mix a magic school bus and osmosis jones oh yes plus 10 cool points to michael Uh, All right, so that'll do it for our Dungeon Master uh, tip. Don't be afraid and have a throwaway (laughs) adventure. Always
1: curves to the left.
0: All right. (laughs) (laughs) Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't don't be a a dick! dick. And you can avoid dickitude by using the cursed hand. Brandon, would you like to tell us a little
1: bit about the cursed hand? Vecna? No, not
0: a Vecna.
1: Bestow curse. The dragon
0: got the shaft. (laughs)
1: Bestow <laughs> Curse, Bigby's Hand, requires two different casters for this, both, for both of these spells require concentration. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. For example, one caster would initially cast Bestow Curse mm-hmm. and choose Strength or Dexterity to impose disadvantage. Ouch. Best... And then <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: And then the second caster would cast Bigby's Hand and use a grasping hand to move the Grapple Curse target. <laughs> the target now has disadvantage on Grapple Checks to try to get out. In every turn, the second caster can use the bonus action to deal an additional two d6 damage to the target. You ba- are big.
1: deal damage. Literally boned.
2: Yep. Yeah. And and why aren't you being a dick? Because you are working together with your teammates.
0: <laughs> oh, way to tie that in. That is plus two cool points to Ian. Um, that is awesome. Oh, I think have... this is is so powerful. Um, yes, it requires two casters. But a bonus action for damage. I think big, does Bigby's hands damage increase the higher you cast it? Uh, I haven't looked at it in a while. I think it does. Probably. Um but anyways, the point is a bonus action to deal extra damage that they can't stop. They can't stop it. It just it does it. Period. How far that's huge.
1: Can you move Bigby's hand? i
0: don't know, like 30 to 60 feet. I'd imagine if you give him about 10 seconds if I can talk long enough to fill up that time, I'm sure that he'll have the answer for you. You know why? Because that's that? what heroes do. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I tried to buy you 10 seconds. You took too long. What the heck, dude? I keep that out.
1: <laughs> 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 I, I was thinking if you're fighting on top of a building, you just take them and
0: that's Well, it. yeah, you could drop them, but then they might fly away or something. The damage is once, right?
1: Or you could jump into a spike pit.
0: Or you could drop them into a spike pit. Or just <laughs> make the whole hand, drag him into a spike pit, and then just up and down, up and down over the shaft.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, does <just> more damage. <laughs> ah, ah, ah! Yep, that's for a minute, and you can... Uh, do more damage at higher levels
0: yes so ah. you can upcast it making it more deadly um this is a hand job nobody's gonna want <laughs>
2: oh no uh, when you make a meal attack with this thing initially it deals 48 force damage yeah
0: <laughs> but you have to make an attack roll this yeah. way there's no attack roll once you get a hold of them they can't escape and it's automatic damage just a poor hand job. all right that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast <laughs> don't, don't be, be a attack. dick and you can avoid dickitude by using the cursed hand job and, and working together.
1: <laughs> Fuck, man.
0: The cursed cursed hand. <laughs> I swear that was an accident. The cursed hand. Yeah. All right. I forgot how
2: Bristello's spell was. <sighs>
0: yes, it can do a lot of stuff. Um, Bigby was very creative. Yep. So, anyways. Before we close out our show today, I'd like to just take a moment uh, to... Offer our fancy RPG Fat Loot giveaway. We are giving away not one, but two prizes to a lucky subscriber today. Yeah. We are giving away our very popular Warlord class and our upcoming Gambler class. If you don't know, the Warlord is all about battle shouts, cries, and uh, filling out that support role. Our gambler is very much a DPS trickster right along along the lines of like a a mix between Ra- rogue and bard l much like the eldritch knight it does have one tier or the arcane trickster it does have one tier that is magical based yep. but the rest is just about throwing cards making waves and and <laughs> making waves um and uh uh um really getting the most out of gamble feature which allows you to roll 2d6 and you have to target um either a high roller Um, which gives you a a benefit of scoring a crit on your next hit if you roll 2d6s. You might get uh, a myriad of other benefits that you're rolling your gambles to try to acquire. So uh, you got to see it kind of in play um, uh, yesterday. Um, It was a lot of fun. How did you think it went?
1: It looks like something that I would want to try because it looked like you had a lot of fun with it oh yeah i did it was very gambit oriented
0: <laughs> oh yeah dude <laughs> everyone facepalmed when they found out my uh my character punchline's daughter was named betty it was great i loved it uh, that was, a, that was a win all right who's our winner today
2: our winner today is caitlin henley <laughs>
0: Gambler releases August 12th Henry, on Henry. CritAcademy.com. Please come and support us. Pick it up. Pick it up. Let us know what you think. Leave a review. Maybe all that jazz. Us. All right. Ian or Brandon, what happens if they didn't win?
1: Uh, if you didn't win, huh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to com. That's what happens and, when you gamble. Then you can subscribe. You subscribe to us. You can uh, Just go to CritAcademy.com. Subscribe. To subscribe to us. Yep. and you can get a chance to win. We give away stuff every week, and it's... no, we don't. Okay, <laughs> we do most weeks. Most weeks. now. Most weeks.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of extra work I was doing. Some weeks. Some weeks. Yeah, probably once a month, maybe. Some weeks,
1: give or take. If you want, if you want free, are you
0: feeling lucky? Yeah. There we if go. you
1: want free shit, subscribe. That's, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's it. you do get stuff just for subscribing. So true, which do. was just easier than constantly emailing people. All right. <laughs> Mostly, I'm just I don't have time. Right, I'm lazy. All right. So uh, I want to do a quick shout out. We are going to two conventions uh, soon. Yep. Um, the first one is Grand Con, which we are going to be at, which is in Grand Rapids, Michigan, on
2: Labor Day, right? day, day, day weekend. Day we I was keep those two mixed up for some reason.
0: And then we are going to GooseCon <laughs> on <laughs> September 30th, which is in Ohio, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Ohio. Cincinnati,
1: Ohio.
2: If you've never heard of it. Well, that's because it's the first time they've had this the First ever. time, but
0: it is run by the, the Majestic first, Goose Network. First year. So... We're we're gonna help support our pal over there. Uh, yeah, Adam Deweese does good work. One shot on Slavi. You have checked him out, so it's
1: getting popularity pretty fast. Yeah. I'm so, looking forward to it. I don't too. get. I won't. You won't see me at the Grand Con thing. I got a baby that weekend.
0: Yeah. What? Why would you plan such such an inconvenience to us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. I think that'll do it for our show today. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your host Justin. I'm your
1: co-host Ian. I'm your co-host Brandon. Thanks for listening.
0: Keep, Keep your, your blade, blade sharp and spells for babe, heroes.
1: trying to close this window is not letting me
0: are you sure you're doing it right
1: I, i'm it's not pred- a problem. problem <laughs> or an
0: id10z i want to hit
1: you <laughs> 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 problem exists between computer and chair
0: yeah do you know what the other one is uh an no. id10z yeah, okay. oh the
1: idiot form yeah yeah <laughs>